0: Welcome to Orthopod, a podcast about the people of orthopedics and their stories. We understand that we all play many roles in our careers and lives, and it is these very stories that ultimately inform our successes and failures. Hi, it's Mo Bendari from Orthopod, and today we have a very interesting session. We're going to be able to talk with a resident and orthopedic surgeon about burnout. And if you haven't thought about burnout, in fact, it may be too late. And so what we're going to try to do is get you thinking about it get you understanding it, and hopefully giving you some insights. I myself personally have lots of questions, but I think what we'll do is use our usual format. Um, And our usual format begins with introducing our first guest and I'll let
1: him introduce himself, Colm. Hi, my name is Colin McCarthy. I'm a PGY-5 resident at McMaster University. I'm currently finishing up my residency. I'll be starting my fellowship in hip and knee arthroplasty at the Brigham Women's Hospital in Boston. Uh, Very excited about that. And I first got my start in uh, wellness from a resident perspective through the Professional Association of Residents of Ontario. And then again, through Resident Doctors of Canada. It's an issue that's very near and dear to my heart uh, as I've seen multiple trainees come through, multiple staff members come through And it was one of those things where we're really great at advocating for our patients. We'll lay down in traffic for them. We'll do literally everything that we can. But when it comes to advocating for ourselves, for some reason, all of a sudden, these tigers of physicians become shy little sheep. It's the most interesting thing. Let me ask
0: you this. So, I mean, I think I have a pretty good understanding. And I think we all do have this general, implicit understanding of what we think burnout is. Do you have a definition or some sort of general metric we can say okay this is what we think burnout is as a starting point
1: sure yeah Uh, there's a great definition the maslach burnout inventory uh, which uses the traditional definition of emotional exhaustion depersonalization and a decreased sense of personal and self accomplishment but what does that mean on a day-to-day basis is much more difficult to discern right it's one of those things where when you're looking at art it's hard to define, but it's easy to spot. Yeah, and burnout from the same way—it's that physician that you see in the hallway that used to be smiling, that really had was a great patient advocate, that had a smile, and all of a sudden that smile sort of slowly fades away. Right. So, you
0: mentioned that you got started in this on a personal journey, and you know you you were introduced it through personal uh, health and well being. Was there a specific moment where you thought you know this is this is uh, this has become real for me as you personally and if it is um, is that how you started seeking knowledge about it, or has it been more about awareness and then through awareness you realize that you're at risk
1: um it started for me with a personal moment where pgy1 i was yeah. sitting there looking at my apartment window yeah uh, i was on home call i got a page i had to go back in and i was wondering if i wanted to be a doctor yep. not if i wanted to be a surgeon not if i wanted to transfer programs it was the first time in my training where I was genuinely jealous of my friends who weren't physicians. Right. And I spent my entire life up until that year desperate to become a physician. Right. So I, I didn't know how I got there. And I had that brief moment of insight as to why did this happen. Right. And I actually spoke with Dale Williams about it. He was one of our staff surgeons at the Hamilton General. Right. I was not his resident, but he was one of the staff that we all looked up to. And he said that at one point or another, we all feel this way. Training is difficult. The hours are long. It's Everything that we're doing for the patients always feels so of the utmost importance. And it's difficult to bear that responsibility. And how you respond to it, how you prioritize it, and how you find your own time really makes all the difference whether or not this is a, a worthwhile endeavor for you. So let me ask you this.
0: So you have this moment, I mean, a pretty critical moment, and I can guarantee you that there probably isn't a trainee, and probably even outside, you know, when it comes to medicine, anyone in their jobs. There's a point in which you look at your life and you think, is this, is this what it's meant to be? And you look for switch. In fact, if one of our early podcasts, uh, the first one with Dr. Brad Pettersberg, we talked a lot about transitions and what it means and, you know, fulfillment. But when you have it as a trainee, you have a job, you have an expectation. You've had this moment. Did you talk to anyone about it? And if you did, um, how difficult was that? And did the response help you or did it further alienate you? And this is the kind of the, I'm trying to get to the storyline as we kind of dig deeper.
1: Yeah, I, I had that sort of moment where I started openly talking about it to more of my colleagues, whether it was the staff surgeons, I mentioned it to Dr. Petrosaur, I mentioned it to Dr. Williams, I mentioned it to my, uh, my colleagues uh, that were in the program. And the common thread was everyone at one point or another had those moments where they thought about doing something else and the everyone's general narrative of getting into medicine for me i was a college dropout i did search and rescue for hurricane katrina all i wanted to do when i got back was to get into surgery so it was sort of this mind-blowing moment that i might have wanted something else okay and talking to these other people these other role models that i had my colleagues hearing them talk about that this was also something that they went through made me not feel isolated in this and so it made it less of a is there something wrong with me? And more of a, is that, why is this a shared experience? Got
0: it. And when doing so, you obviously realize I can do some more reading on this. I got to learn more about it. And quite frankly, I'm going to start interacting with people who are similar minded. So on that note, we should see if we should introduce another guest onto the podcast that I think um, you connected with and can provide more insight to this topic. So I'd like to welcome to Orthopod, Dr. Kerry Collius. Dr. Kerry Collius is a pediatric orthopedic surgeon at the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne, and she'll tell you a bit more about herself. But welcome, Carrie, to uh, the Orthopod podcast. And uh, thank you very much for thank spending you. a bit of time with us. So maybe you can give us a brief introduction and a little bit of a rationale as to how you got into the uh, area of burnout research.
2: Yeah, so, um, so my, in terms of my background, I, um, I spent, before I came back to Melbourne, where I originally did my fellowship, I spent seven years working in the community in southern Alberta. Um, so treating, you know, community trauma and pediatric, adult, um limb deformity. and in, during that time, I actually ended up joining the board of the medical regulators, the College of Physicians of Alberta. And um, my original rationale in joining wasn't over the burnout issue, but it became very evident during that time that this, you know, even the the, the college complaints, the medical regulator complaints, was a huge uh, made a huge impact on physician health, and. Um, I don't know if you saw, there was an article that came out in a couple of years ago now, two 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 and a half years ago now, there was an anesthesiologist um, from the UK whose wife was a GP and he had got a medical regulator complaint in the UK just before he left for New Zealand. And uh, it was a five-month process for him to be cleared. In the end, he was, but it actually kind of made him spiral into depression and and a lot of trouble ended up um, ending his life and I was on the board of the medical regulator at that time. I thought five months, five months is really not that long to get through a college complaint you know what what are we doing and so I think it was from that I just became very um Compelled in terms of an urgency in this and saying, okay, what can we do? And at that time, uh, we didn't really even know where we stood in Canada in the, in the orthopedic, um, you know, area in terms of, you know, what were our rates of burnout? What was our our risk of of these things? So that, that's my my background uh, with this um, area.
0: Yeah. So, so I was just talking to Calm about, you know, definitions of burnout. And I think, you know, for most of the orthopod listeners, the membership of ortho evidence, I think we often think of it in some degree. I think I also think of it uh, probably erroneously as the end, you know, it is like, I'm just done. I'm going to quit. It's the, uh, I think, I think you had said it before we got on air, which is, you know, I'm right at the edge. Um, And is that is that when we recognize burnout or do you look at it as a different, you know, more of a spectrum of issues that ultimately lead to a very, very potentially in some cases a very unfortunate um, health state?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, certainly that we don't want people to get to the point where they actually have to abruptly stop. And that's actually fairly rare for surgeons. I mean, we kind of just carry on and, you know, we shackle up and we just kind of get it done um, and so I think a lot of us are just sort of working in this—you know—we're we're detached, we're cynical, um, but but we don't experience much joy in the work that we do. And so you know we're we're not at the end where we're like, oh my goodness, like I have to stop working, right? And so many of us, I mean, and certainly our results from the Canadian Orthopedics um, Survey, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, um, show that you know the, the majority of respondents, you know, were like distressed. So um, okay, so yeah, okay, so so. Or, yeah. So why
0: don't you tell us about that survey then? So this is a survey to orthopedic surgeons yeah. in Canada.
2: Yeah. So this was done in November, 2018, uh, in partnership with the Canadian Orthopedic Association, continuing professional development committee. Um, and we sent this, um, st- uh, survey, uh, and it was two different formats, one to trainees, so residents and fellows, and one to, uh, consultants, like attending surgeons. So sent um, to everyone. And we found, actually, surprisingly, that uh, 55% of the attendings um, actually met criteria for distress using a validated screening tool, um, which was shocking. Um, We we figured that the resident rate would be up there. Resident rate was about 40%, and that would be consistent with other published um, studies. But, But I think we were just really taken aback at how many people were affected and in a very distressed you know, we're scoring like highly distressed um, um, scores. Yeah. So, well, well, so, anyway, so that that was presented in the um, the Montreal meeting this past June, and it's it's pending publication with Canadian Journal of Surgery, actually. So
0: so let um, me so let me jump in here, and I'm going to ask Colm this question, but you know, jump in to carry on on your insights on this. But so if if we now identify, um, and it's becoming more and more awareness around the fact that we're seeing, you know more people are at risk i'll i'll say at risk or or maybe i'll use the word subclinical sense of burnout where you don't think you're you're you know you you think you're managing but in fact evidence would suggest you're not managing and if you don't find a strategy yeah. you're in trouble when like are there intervention strategies like like what is the what is the like what is the target here is it to get residents to be aware that hey you should first be aware or is it more about you be introducing Health and well-being strategies at the same time. What's the, I guess, the priority for us in this area? Yeah.
2: Is that for cal- for Colm or me. Well, wh-
0: whoever wants to jump in, I mean, he he looks like he's deferring you. Yeah. So why don't you why don't you start? I'll let Colm yeah. jump in.
2: So, so, I mean, two years ago, the, the discussion around burnout was all in terms of like personal resilience, like, oh, you got to do more yoga and meditation. Yeah, right. and it was all on the individual and that, that's out now. I mean, well, I'm not going to say it's totally out, but there, there is a role in, in, for that, but it's really focusing on the system issues, um, you know, in, in terms of what can be done to, you know, avoid burnout for, for workers right um so you know those things are including you know a strong and supportive fair um, leadership you know um, getting exercise you know having a mentor you know spending time with family you know there's, there's lots of things from that we have evidence now for um so i think there's obviously a role for n- making people aware of this but then okay you can make people aware all day but if the system is really stacked against you to, to, to help, you know, it's against you, then that's not helpful, right? And so we're still in this sort of um, awareness, I think, zone, but really um, there's getting, those of us are involved with this quite, quite a lot. We're really we're calling for more system change um, and accountability and, and in terms of even measurement within our organizations, like, I mean, there's a role for personal measurement. There are, you know, tools out there for that. But also, you know, for organizations, for hospitals, you know, how are your workers doing? Are, are, are your workers all burned out? Like, you, I'd probably want to know that if I was a CEO, right? So, or chief medical officer. So, um, you know, I think this, this transition is happening. We're not totally sure, obviously, how to, to totally solve it. Um, for me, I think one of the things I've sort of come across more recently is, is how to, um embrace this or sort of joy in work concept. I mean, you know, what, looking for the places in work that can give you joy, that you can, you can bring joy to others and how that is very fulfilling and meaningful. So
0: that's yeah. okay. That's really helpful. So Colm, you've just heard Dr. Colas's general take on the issue. What do you add to this? I mean, like you're like, so you've, you you've been going through that process. You're, I'm sure you've been working with other residents who are probably confiding in you that, you know, they're having similar situations. You're talking to folks, probably faculty members what strategies do you believe, based on the, the, on the list of evidence-based strategies that you've probably read about and, you know, uh, you've just heard, seem to work?
1: Um, from what I've seen on a personal day-to-day basis, is the first step, and this is going to sound super out of the, the AA handbook, is recognizing that there is a problem. So recognize
0: there's a problem, recognizing there's yeah. Recognizing that there is
1: a problem, recognizing that it's okay to talk about it. If you recognize you have a problem and you, and you feel like there's no safe place to go to, no safe venue to discuss it, it in a lot of ways, in my opinion, that sort of sends you down a, a cyclic depressive cycle or a, yeah. a more distressing cycle. It's part of, at least in Canada, um, an accreditation criterion for every university to have a wellness office that you can reach out. Okay, so
0: you're, to. Going, so you're not going – so you're looking to say that possibly there should be somebody outside the own – job field so it shouldn't be going to an orthopedic mentor as the not say shouldn't be but it's unlikely that that person is the primary target it's going to be a health and welfare officer like i would have thought that i would have thought you'd want to educate uh the surgeons to say if someone comes to you you should be ready to respond um in a way and i guess the question would be what would be what would be someone's initial response so you go and relay it and maybe i'll go back to carry about this carry, so a resident comes up and relays as Colm you know suggests that you know I'm feeling I'll use the word burnt out generically but I'm you know things aren't going well. What would you anticipate or what what should be the response to that resident from a yeah, mentor? I yeah,
2: I mean support like listen that's the biggest thing rather than trying to like fix it all right away. Like obviously like just really hear them out and try to figure out what the reasons were because I mean in any time you know, is that resident having even um, problems with your peer group, right? Because we know that a supportive work environment, especially a a close working group of colleagues, if you have like a best, body at work or whatnot i mean that is protective against burnout so you know has there been a relational following out with the members of the peer group in the residency group um is, are they getting bullied is there some just are they victim of some disruptive physician behavior or you know or in some cases maybe it could be that there's personal stressors you know they're having marriage marital trouble or or, or those kind of things and so i think depending on what the issue is the solution is going to be Different. I mean, some of that. I think it's important to be to be very supportive as a colleague or, or you know or mentor or leader. Um, there is a, obviously that role as well for profession you know clearly professional assistance for this person. I think those two go really hand in hand. And in Canada, at least, there's you know there's good resources to help trainees for that. So, um, yeah. That's pretty good. Okay.
0: So, Colm, do you want to add to anything?
1: Yeah. I think the point that we're sort of getting to is there's a lot of formalized uh, resources out there. There's the wellness office. There's the uh, the accreditation mandated uh, individuals. But as surgeons, our first look is going to be towards that co-resident that you work with every day, that, that yeah, so faculty member. Have a, a, idea, yeah. Right, yeah. And I think one of the big holes in terms of our, our prevention and our resiliency training uh, is how do you be that person? So if I were to come to you, Dr. Bandar, I am mean, like, listen, yeah. I'm, my wife just had a kid three weeks yeah. ago. I don't know what to do. She's not sleeping. I'm not sleeping. I'm on call. And you were to tell me like, I've been through this. I've had a similar experience. This is what it was like uh, when I was doing uh, this situation. Right. Or just sort of generally understanding how does one start that conversation and keep okay. it open Got is it. the, uh, the important thing.
0: Okay. Okay. That's very helpful. One thing that, okay, thank you. One thing you mentioned, Carrie, that um, that I did have a chance to read recently and you'd sent some really interesting literature to take a look at, but there's a paper, I'm not going to go to the detail of it, but I know you both know about it, Career Fit and Burnout Among Academic Faculty. And really the bottom line that I got from it is, is that if you get people doing stuff they're passionate about and like, they're going to enjoy work a lot better. Now that seems like you know kind of pine the sky which is you know the reality is not every part of work is always going to be you know the most enjoyable but i guess how is it if you recognize you're in a situation and i think many i would be sh- shocked if there isn't an orthopedic trainee or a clinical trainee or someone in their life i mean broadly speaking outside of medicine that doesn't sit down at some point and reevaluate just why they're doing what they're doing. And they have that moment of either resilience where they're going to figure it out or they head down another path, the path that you would probably, you know, ultimately um, typify as being the path to a burnout situation. Are there ways, if you recognize you're in that situation, to, you know, is, it, is it too much of a fantasy to think that you can only do what you love at work? I guess is the question, right? The whole issue of passion and if you're passionate about the work you do, um, it, quote, doesn't feel like work and you're enjoying it. So there are going to be aspects of our day that we really, really love. And there are going to be aspects of our day that are, is purely work. And for some people, I imagine it's the administration part they don't like. But for some, they love the administration. It's the other part. So, you know, I'm giving an example here. Are there strategies or are there places someone can go to figure this out? And I, maybe I'm getting too granular, but it just seem to be a fundamental goal of trying to be happy and avoid you know, as a preemptive strategy is to figure out your purpose and some degree joys, the joys you have in your daily life. And I don't mean work, work is one of them. There may be other parts of life balance that you consider, but is there a broader sense to handling all this?
2: Yeah. I mean, that, that study um, that you mentioned, it was a, a group of internists uh, I think it was that Mayo Clinic. And so, um, you know, it, it's applicable, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to say whether we can apply it broadly, but certainly, um, uh, you know, the, the the guts behind that was, you know, if your thing is doing admin, you know, you should be trying to do that 20% of the time. If your thing that you love that gives you joy is research, then you should be doing that, you know, at least 20% of the time. Um, you know, that being said, like, for me, like, I quite like administration, but do I want to do administration 100% of the time? Absolutely not. I mean, that would probably shred me, right? right, so, right. um I think if, if you can kind of aim for that twenty percent ish area, I think. I mean, at the end of the day, we still need. To, I mean, some of us have like one hundred percent academic appointments and, and maybe aren't doing clinical medicine anymore. Yeah. Um If that's the right we've chosen, most of us still have to see you know patients, and yeah. most of us do get meaning out of seeing those individual patients, right? So I think that the key is, is knowing yourself, knowing what makes you happy, what gives you joy, what gives you meaning and try to kind of focus on ramping up those areas if you can or really advocating for yourself if you're you know in your institution yeah, yeah. like I really want to do this this makes me happy and also leaders like or you know faculty or department leaders really need to be asking that of their their staff like what you know what gives you joy what gives you meaning how can I help with that how can it because you're going to have a more engaged effective worker if you're actually able to cater to that.
0: Well. Let me ask you this. So you interact with this topic to lots, both, you know, and and it looks like you've been strong advocates and you've been trying to create a worse and you're obviously uh, producing research as well to help inform the situation. What do you feel is the most underappreciated aspect of the research you do among the communities in which you're trying to do, do it? So you're both in orthopedics. So in the orthopedic or broader medical community, what do you think is the biggest misperception about burnout or among the bigger misperceptions about burnout?
2: Uh, it doesn't affect
0: me. Yeah. Not
2: my problem. Okay. Yeah. it's Not me. Yeah, that's the biggest misperception.
0: So when you have that person who says, okay, well, clearly you have this issue. I don't. How do you, like, is that just an end or Like, there must be strategies that one might use um, to first self-evaluate. And if they think they have um, someone watching this podcast says, you know, I think I have a colleague who could use this, but that colleague is likely to be yeah. defensive. What would be the... Is there any sort of tool, any sort of resource that we can...
2: Yeah, Yeah. yeah so so um, there is a free online uh, resource. It's, it's through MedWeb Solutions, Med okay? Solutions. So that's out of the... It was Mayo. It's from the Mayo. Okay, yep. so I have to say that it's from MedWeb. Okay, yep. um, and it's called um, uh, Physician Well-Being Index. Okay. And so, so Physician Well-Being Index. So if you just Google that, you can go, and then you can pick, you know, and there's, there's ones that are validated for medical students, Trainees, attendings. Um, and so that is a, it's like a t- less than two minutes. Like it takes a minute to complete, literally. And so that's what we ended up using for our Canadian um, study because we figured we'd have a higher completion rate rather than yeah. Yeah. the formal NASLAC bird out inventory, which right. is right. 15 minutes to complete, which no orthopedic surgeon is going to do, right? Okay. So um, if you could just, you know, whip that, out. take it yourself, whip it out, you know, to your, to your colleagues, say, hey, I took this, I actually, you know, wasn't as great as I thought um, what do you think you know and I bet you they'll do it because it's so quick right okay
0: okay so that's actually good. so what we'll do is we'll make sure we provide that link um, to you know in in the storyline for this podcast and we'll make sure we make that available because I think that's that's a very helpful thing um, you know if I were to ask you kind of some you I'll, I'll get you to both answer this one but I'll start with you Colin sure. what what advice um, I guess in in this case if you have to give advice to to, to the viewership you know, whoever watches this, right? What what message do you want to give them about burnout? What would be the message that you want to convey to that group? Sure. I'll ask you as well after this, Kerry.
1: There's a couple of different angles to take from this, and the one that I've always sort of found makes the biggest difference is when people think about burnout, they think about themselves at the center of burnout, and is this me or not? The thing that we're often missing with physicians uh, is we tend to be very egocentric. Uh, the rates of burnout among resident spouses is the same as the rate of burnout among staff physicians. So it's not just me. My wife is at risk of burnout as well. My children are at risk of burnout as well. When they survey uh, the kids of, uh, of uh, physicians, they're asking them not necessarily that you spend more time with me because families tend to be tremendously understanding of what you need to yeah. do, the sacrifices that we make as a collective, but they want you to be more present when you're home. Right. So- As physicians, we try to excel and do everything to the best of our abilities. And we tend to let our work life bleed into our personal lives. Draw those lines. Become the best father, best mother that you can. Become the best partner to your spouse. Find something outside of work that brings you joy. Become the best cyclist uh, Mm -hmm. that that you can do. Um, And then when you're at work, be the best surgeon that you can be. Truly care for your patients. When you're studying, be the best studier. Be the best at whatever it is that you're doing. But don't spread yourself too thin. Yeah, so I think your
0: kind of things: stay in the moment and stay in and, the moment, and also have a, a diversity of, of I won't say interests, but opportunities that keep you kind of level, right? And there's yeah. always the you know buckets of things that do that make you fulfilled in life. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you, Carrie, Any thoughts on your point?
2: I mean, again, this seems to change with time for me in, in many ways, but. I've been sort of lately focusing on, you know, what I can do from a cultural standpoint, for instance, in, in my department, right? And so and certainly that's in previous jobs, that's also been something near and dear to my heart. And a lot of that, you know, involves community, breaking bread together, you know, actually, you know, helping to uh, foster the environment so people can get to know each other and really get support to each other, because that is free. <laughs> You know, that resources for each other are free. And and I also tried to just kind of lead by example and just, you know, show vulnerability and and talk about this with trainees and with other consultants. And, And, you know, that is an email format. I mean, certainly after presenting this, data like from our Canadian study you know seem to be getting lots and lots of requests or people coming to me and 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 also I had that also when I was on that the medical regulator in Alberta like you know I'd get phone calls like from random physicians like help me like what should I do right and so um, I think just putting yourself out there and and as well like all of us can show that we're champions for this and try to support our colleagues and and um, that's my thing right now but no, you know, that I might, that might have a different focus in another year, but that's what I'm working on.
0: Well, up. I think that's great. And, you know, it's incredible how quickly time flies. And, uh, you know, we've we've basically in a very short period of time um, been able to, I think, share and get insights from both of you around burnout. I think the fact that we're simply talking about it is the first important step. And I would put out to the viewers here on OrthoEvidence and uh, Orthopod to take a look seriously at the resources that have been provided. And I presume um, that, you know, they can get in touch with you. If there's anyone who has a specific question, maybe we might, you know, leave some sort of contact, either an email or some generic um, contact that we can get um, folks to contact you if they have interest in learning more or about getting specific resources. On that note, I'd like to thank you both for taking time out of your busy, busy days to help us think about this. And I hope you a very restful, peaceful, enjoyable day. Thank you both. Thank you. Thanks for watching Orthopod. Stay tuned for more episodes.